I heard the strangest music from the upstairs kitchen and I just followed it down. Do you understand our music? The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. Uh, what kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. What's so important about Chopin? All music is important, Dick. It's the universal language. One of our best hopes for the eventual realization of the brotherhood of man. Now, when I was a boy and rock and roll came to East Germany, communists said it was subversive. Maybe they were right. I'll kill him. Music, maestro, please. E flat from the top. Now, this music is the glue of the world, Mark. It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless. Welcome to Listen to This, the show about music you should be listening to. It's me, Alex from Podcasts, and I have a, a co-host, and I and we have a guest, so I'm going to let one introduce the other. Hit it, Nate. No, I'm just kidding. Brent. <laughs> uh, it's Brent, also from Podcasts. Apparently, that's how we're introducing our shows now. Um, I, I am very happy because, uh, this is our first episode with a guest and our guest today is one of the best podcasters that has been heard pontificating on the minutia of sports, pro wrestling, DC comics, and the films of Dwayne, the rock Johnson, as well as many other subjects over the years. You can currently hear his voice on post wrestling's Nubian wrestling advocates, the multiverse of colors, litigation room. Lit you, lit you, ah, it's not a real word, so it's hard to pronounce. Is it litigation? Uh, litigation lit room. And uh, he is also the host and co-creator of the Kings of Sport, one of the long-running sports and pop culture podcasts. Some people call this guy the godfather. Others, if you're uh, very close to him, get to call him nasty. But for many of us, we get to call him brother. Ladies and gentlemen, Virginia's favorite son, brother Nate Milton. Thank you for joining us, Nate. All right. Thank you, podcast Brent Chittenden. Uh <laughs> So so here's a couple things, Brent, you know, to, to not to, you know, grade your homework, so to speak, on, okay. on the intro, uh, which was very generous and I appreciate it. Uh, but the, the show, the word you were looking for with uh, the show over at Multiverse of Color is the lituation room. Lituation room. Mm. Yes. Okay. So... So it, it basically it was a play off of uh, you know in, uh, down here in the states on CNN. Yeah, there used to be a show called The Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer. And so when I was a, I, I think this is the first time I've ever told this story. Uh, when I was just listening to what at the time was the Black Lightning podcast on the DC TV podcast networks, you know, I would write emails in, you know, and and give my thoughts on the show and and you know talk to the host and whatever, and. They were like, "Oh, this this show is pretty lit," and this, and I'm just sitting there, you know, you know, Brent. I have a a a penchant for coming up with names for things. Mm. Uh, shout out to Cody Devonte Rhodes, future uh, <laughs> world heavyweight champion. Uh, but I was like, "Huh?" They're all talking about this television show, and there's almost like they're in a war room, like a like a situation room. And and so the the next time I emailed them, I called them the Lituation Room, and they're like. Oh, that's good. And then a few months later, they asked me to join the show, and I was on the Black Lightning podcast until it got canceled, and then that birthed 
the lituation room proper. So uh, that's a long way of going to correct my friend Brent Chittenden. But uh, I am <laughs> I am happy to be here uh, this month talking with you and Alex. We we should also say uh, just as an add on, it wasn't your show getting canceled. It was the Black Lightning getting canceled, and therefore yes. the show had to change. And yes, and this, Nate has also was, uh, not been canceled, to my knowledge. No, I, I have not been canceled yet. Uh, they they tried they tried to come for me, but uh, I, I didn't get canceled. Uh, but I think Brent, this might have been. I'm trying to think of the, the the nerd timeline in all of this. I want to say Black Lightning was either the last cut before Zasloff, or it was like the first cut of the new new regime, or one of the first cuts of the new yeah, regime. Yeah, somewhere in there. It's like right around that transition period for Warner Brothers, CW, all that. Yeah. So uh, the reason why we brought Nate on is we wanted to bring in other guests every once in a while to bring in music outside of, you know, the the two stodgy old white guys who are still stuck in the 90s. <laughs> and and with that, uh, we went to, to Nate as our first guest and we let Nate pick an album that he was digging and wanted to uh, discuss a bit more. And uh, with that, Alex, uh, what is the album that Nate has chose? And uh, a little bit of the basic info on it. Okay, just I need to call this out immediately. It's like we had Nate on as an expert on this record and a style of music that we are as like stodgy old white guys stuck in the 90s are not familiar with. Let me throw to my very white co-host to talk over our guest about this record. Yeah, okay, I'm done. (laughs) Here's the thing. Okay, so I threw threw something very short together, but I was talking to Nate about this right before we started recording. I tried to throw something together to get the the minutiae out of the way, Um, the the nuts and bolts of, of where this record came from, because I was not familiar almost at all with OutKast, spoiler alert, before today, well, before for the purposes of this before today but before i was told this is the record we're gonna do so for those of you familiar only with the singles i'm sorry miss jackson because you're missing out outcast was formed in 1992 in atlanta by antoine big boy Patton and andre 3000 benjamin also known as dre when these two guys were in high school and they proceeded to introduce southern hip-hop to the north american consciousness i and presumably most of white north america first became aware of them in 2000 uh, with the release of Stanconia, which included Bombs Over Baghdad and Miss Jackson as the singles and the follow-up Speaker Box The Love Below a couple of years later gave us Hey Ya and The Way You Move, which were iconic even for us. Like, you couldn't get away from those songs in the early 2000s. By 2007, they were done. Moved on to solo projects. Uh, reunited briefly to perform at a bunch of festivals uh, for the 20th anniversary of the debut record. Um, but they managed to change hip hop apparently in this period of time. I did a bit of reading and these guys are like incredibly influential and incredibly important. Uh, I had some other notes, but that's really the, the thrust of it. The record that we're talking about today, which is uh, big boy and Dre present outcast was released in 2001. And I love why, um, but I'm not going to step all over that because I assume you have more information on this than I do. This this charmed the shit out of me as someone who is a big fan of compilation records. Um, so I'm going to throw immediately to you, Nate. Tell us about this record. Tell us in brief why you brought it, and then we'll get into the details. Yeah, well, a couple things. First of all, like just in general about Outkast and uh, Andre and Big Boy and to a lesser extent kind of their 
orbit of friends and collaborators like the Goody Mob, uh, Dungeon Family, um, you know, Bubba Sparks, Killer Mike, uh, Janelle Monet, you know, was kind of one of the first artists put on by Big Boy uh, when when he started doing his label. So like Outkast, as you mentioned, is very influential in a lot of ways. To me, they are easily uh, one of the top five hip hop groups of all time. Um, I put them up there with Public Enemy, NWA, Run DMC, and Wu-Tang. And out of that list, spoiler alert for my personal preference, Outkast is not four or five on that list. They're, they're top three all time easily for me uh, because of what they meant to hip hop. You know, there's a very famous moment where Andre and Big Boy, I believe it was for Best New Artist at the Source Awards one year. They received the awards, and this was in the middle of the quote-unquote East Coast-West Coast rivalry. And Andre's standing there on stage, and you got a raucous crowd. Uh, you know, you got Team Bad Boy, Team Death Row. Uh, the more you learn about Puff Daddy these days, you don't want to be Team either. Not not Sugar or P Diddy. <laughs> like that's I don't I don't want any of that. You don't want a piece both, of either of those properties, man. Both no. choices seem bad. <laughs> uh, and uh, Andre famously says, you know, the South got something to say too. And it wasn't just West Coast music or New York music. It was like, let's open things up to Atlanta and Louisiana and the Carolinas and some more Southern artists, you know, started to get on after that, um, which is a long way around of going to say why I picked this this particular uh, album. And I think when Brent and I first talked, uh, Brent sent me kind of the uh, thesis statement for the podcast, which I immediately ignored uh, because as you should, <laughs> i I believe Brent's wording was, what is something that, that you're playing right now? And honestly, as a uh, 44-year-old man, like there's very, I think there's very little, and maybe this is telling about me, guys, there's very little that I am like discovering unless it's a song I hear on a movie or a song like if I'm playing a game of NBA 2K and I'm like, oh, this young hip-hop artist is, let me see what's, what's going on with them. And I've got Shazam on my phone, and when I'm working at the shoot job, I'll hear music, and I'm like, what song is that? That's interesting. Like, just kind of hearing new music that way. But when I am just kind of chilling, I'm listening to a lot of old stuff. You know, the old hip-hop, uh, old R&B, um, even a little bit of rock. And so when I look at, like, my, you know, we just, a lot of us uh, in the last uh, part of uh, 2023 had either Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or whoever say, this is what you've been listening to. Oh, yeah, 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 the Roundup thing. Yep, and I had a lot of Outkast on there, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring some Outkast on the show for Alex and Brent. And my immediate thought was to go with Speaker Box Love Below because I feel like it's one of the most interesting albums I've ever heard because of what was going on kind of behind the scenes with the group kind of becoming more distant. But then I was like, you know what? You don't start there. So always, Brent, also, I'm I'm always, I'm nothing if not a podcast producer in my head, Brent. I can't lead. I can't lead with the main event. I, I got to keep that in the back pocket. So if Alex is like, you know what? We should have Nate back on. I got something else. Oh, yeah, 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 day. yeah, yeah. This is the right way to do this. This is the right. I do, I do another show uh, called Kruger Records, which is this, basically. I bring on somebody to tell me about a record they really, really love. And this happens to me on a regular basis now where I'll have somebody come on. I'm doing a, a big series with my buddy Travis Clark. 
um, from You Don't Even Like Podcasts, and we're doing um, Queens of the Stone Age, but we're starting all the way back at the mm-hmm. very beginning when, uh, what's his name, uh, Josh Homme was still in Caius, which is a band that you have to be really deep into California stoner rock to even know who Caius is. And then we get to go through that story. So if you want to come back and talk about more Outcast, I am all, like, we're 10 minutes yeah. into this, I'm already down for that, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing about this particular album, Brent, is a lot of people kind of misname it as a best of, but it's not an official best of. Like to this day, Outcast hasn't released. Like there's playlists on Spotify and stuff. Yep. Like this is Outcast or Best of Outcast, but they haven't put out an official best of. This is, to use Big Boy's words, Outcast 101, an introduction to Outcast, where you get a sampling from each album plus a couple new songs thrown in there to add to the runtime, but it's just kind of like, hey, here's Outkast. If you've never heard of them or if you've only heard the singles, here's a little bit more about this group. See if you like it. This is such a great idea. This is so brilliant because there are so many acts. Brent has turned me on to acts over the years where it's like, you'll know these guys from this, but they actually have a back catalog of like 10 records that you really need to listen to. And for those of us who aren't lucky enough to have a Brent Chittenden in our lives... That what a brilliant thing for Outcast to do to go, hey, you've heard Speaker Box, you've heard, hey, uh, now go check out all the stuff that brought us here. Because I think that was he went on to say something to the effect of, of that, where he was like, we want to we want to show you where we came from. So you understand where we are now. Yeah. Cynically, I, I think it probably also like, you know, it does that. And it also gave them that little bit of a buffer of we have a, a hit album that's doing really, really well. The next album ain't ready yet. Uh, well, uh, yeah. If we do this, this will give us like at least another six months. Yes, but it, it's a it's an the thing I found interesting about it as far as compilations go is the flow of it's real. Like it sounds like an album when you listen to it. Yeah, actually, Com- you're right. Complete with like the the intro vignette at the beginning of this with them <laughs> sitting around a campfire. <laughs> I miss and, and skits. I think. From like the, from yes, like nineties hip hop records, I miss skits. That was one thing Outkast was notorious for, particularly like when they got to uh, Aquemini, Stankonia, like that era. Like their skits were ridiculous and and almost always fun. Uh, I think what I love about the opening skit on this one is it is Outkast in a nutshell. Like there's this idea of all this lore and legend, and if you you know go back and listen to a lot of their albums. Andre especially can get like spacey and like sci-fi with, you know, his kind of imagery in the, in the music. And so it's like they're long time ago and in this very mountain and they, they're bringing you into the story and it ends on a fart joke. And it's, it's like, wonderful. you know what? Like, that's so stupid, but it, it kind of worked. There's like, OK, I have a question and I have a few questions that I'm going to ask over the course of this. I have a sort of layman's interest in understanding and and uh of of like this era of rap and hip-hop i have listened to some of the seminal stuff i'm not completely like clueless necessarily but i would i don't have an opinion on east coast west coast like i'm not that um knowledgeable about it but the thing that i noticed about outcast and the first thing that i realized was like a i did not know that they were as good at just rapping as they are they are fucking incredible like they're I, I as a songwriter, I listen to their stuff and I'm like, this is so sophisticated. It's amazing. But they're also at the same time really um, accessible. F- and again, like not to make everything about like <laughs> how lame and white we are, but like it's accessible <laughs> to white North America, right? Like it doesn't feel like 
in the 90s especially you had like dmx and guys like that who were like really intense even nwa is like like rap it's like mad and has something to say and it can be scary a little and like intense and that's not bad it's just the vibe these guys vibe is i don't want to go so far as to say goofy they're not lmfao or something but they're definitely way goofier than most of what i remember from that era <laughs> i think when you look at the vibe that that vibe comes from the two members and you know a, a, that's why equimini is one of their best records because i think that's where everything kind of musically synergizes uh like if you go back and listen to the first outcast record southern uh southern playlistic cadillac music it's it's unique because it's outcast but it's also very samey to a lot of music that was going on around then like uh, if you listen to uh the few songs they picked from that record that is on this one you've got uh, get up get out yep. you've got uh, ain't no thing uh, and I think there's, I think Crumbling Herb is on there as well. Yeah, Crumbling Herb's on uh, there. And so, like, those are three songs I, that I like, but they're very, like, it, it's not that big of a deviation from the music that was going on A lot of Snoop vibes, like a lot of, like yes. Crumbling Herb especially, I was like, yes. this sounds like a Snoop B-side almost. Like a lot, of, yes, like that kind of that G-Funk uh, era mm -hmm. kind of sound. But then when they go to their second record, AT Aliens, that's when, like, the, the, album the cd booklet was a comic book print and oh, it nice. told the story of these two legends that were brought together through strife and struggle and and if you listen to those songs on at aliens it's very like elevators is one of those songs it's a lot more moody and a lot more experimental and then we get to you know uh, stankonia and equimini and uh once we finally get all the way to Speaker Box Love Below, like they're just artists. And so I feel like there is some goofiness, but it's grounded because you've got the 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 dichotomy of Big Boy, who is like this this pimp figure, this pimp character, but he's also very lyrical if you actually listen to what he's saying. And then you've got Andre, who is like this flower child yeah. spawn of of Prince and Sly Stone mixed with yeah. uh, hip hop, but he's also like if you listen to a lot of Andre's lyrics, he's talking about everyday stuff just in this flowery language, and 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 so oh yeah, I think their marriage works really well, and it's I think that's part of why it's accessible. Like they have kind of found the way to, or they had found the way because they they really haven't done much in the last decade or so, mm -hmm. but they found a way to be accessible and be commercial without committing the cardinal sin of hip-hop at the time, which was selling out. Like, it yeah. never felt like the guy sold out just because a lot of, to, your, to use your words, North American white folks dug outcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to take a second listen, because, again, I'm a lyrics guy, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, an acoustic guitar guy and stuff, so, like, I'm big into lyrics, and it's part of what draws me to rap and hip-hop is I'm so enthralled by the lyricism and, and the sophistication of the lyrics. Uh, I remember listening to Miss Jackson back when it, it mm. came out and kind of, ooh, and everybody was had fun with it. Uh, and then I listened to it today and I, my, I split custody of my kid with uh, his mom mm. and I listened to this song and I was like, oh, wow, there is way more going on here than what I initially realized. I listened to it three times in a row in my car on the way back from dropping my wife off earlier because I was like, how did I miss this? How did this escape me when this came out? How was I so, I, I really honestly, part of this experience because I felt dumb. I was like, how did I sleep on this for this long? How did I sleep on these guys? How did I somehow 
And I think it was that that weird sort of inherent goofiness where I kind of, I have to admit, I kind of wrote them off a little, I think, mm. in a way. You know what I mean? Because they didn't seem as serious, you know, and maybe it's because I just wasn't paying enough attention because they're so bloody fast. But like, I really, this made me stop and and really sit back and go, wow, this is, there's a lot more going on here than I realized. And I think it's it's all part of the, like, what makes it work, you know? Uh, when you talk about the lyricism, Brent, but also like the fashion, like the, the yeah. you watch, go back and watch their videos and they went from guys that would just, you know, kind of hang out in their Braves fitted. So their Falcons jerseys in the earlier records. And then two records later, Andre three, th- and part of this has to do with Erica Badu being with yeah. Erica Badu. I've, I've never been with Erica Badu. Spoiler alert, guys. But I've, <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've, I've heard that being with Erica Badu can change a man. Forever, in various <laughs> ways. And once Andre 3000 got with Erica Badu, he was wearing shoulder pads and turbans and, and, and you know, leather outfits and just embracing the artist side of, I, uh, of himself. So the first round of me listening to this album all the way through when uh, you sent it over, I did it on YouTube while I was kind of doing stuff on the house. And YouTube, uh, like how their music thing w- will work is... The songs that don't have videos, they'll, they'll just be the album cover and the song. And then if it's got a music video, that gets inserted. And I think it's the video for uh, Rosa Parks starts off with them talking about, like, big boys, like, it should be, yes. like, hot collars and, like, this. And he's going, it should be more, and Dre's, like, it should be, like, kind of sci-fi. And, well, why don't we do just, just do both of it? Yep. <laughs> and he, and apparently sci-fi is wearing football I'm guessing that the budget was kind of like a little bit minimal on it um, in that case, but it it sort of spoke to me the fact that like these guys had uh, figured out that they have different approaches to doing stuff, but that doesn't mean that those approaches don't work together. Yeah. I think individually, they're both good artists. Hmm. But like, because Big Boy's done a lot, of, a lot more recording than Andre since they've kind of uh, not disbanded because they'll still tell you like we're still together, we're still boys. But since they've stopped putting out music on a regular basis, uh, no shade to New Blue Sun, the the greatest flute record ever released on in, on any medium, Brent Chittenden. <laughs> yes, uh, I forgot I, about this. He's a fucking flautist. <laughs> yes. I, I almost picked that. I almost oh, picked that, that would be I was like, really funny. Really? That would have been the funniest thing you could possibly have done. Wow. I almost picked it. <laughs> I was this close, this close to picking it, Brent. Uh, but I think, you know, when you when you kind of look at the two of them, Alex, like in their own ways, they, they, they both could be, you know, top 50 rappers. Oh, yeah. But I think when you put them together, there's just something unique. And again, it's... It's the juxtaposition, right? Because again, when you look at Big Boy, oh, he's he's the B boy. He's he's the player. He's the pimp. But he's actually got a lot of depth to him. And when you look at Andre, he's this weird theater kid. <laughs> but when you but when you listen to him, he's actually talking about a lot of grounded things. And so it's just that 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 mix of the two that just works so perfectly. And and again, Rosa Parks might be. It's it's weird because I listen to this. You know, I've got the CD, uh, but I didn't listen to it on CD, you know, to mm. kind of refresh my memory. I watched it in the same way Brent did on YouTube. And so I'm, I'm looking at these songs, Alex, and I'm like, oh, I can, I can skip Rosa Parks. 
I can skip Miss Jackson because I've heard those songs a thousand times. But credit to Big Boy and Dre, I'm like, I, I'll, I'll listen to the first 20 seconds. I'm at the end of the and song. And then you don't, yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> damn, like, I've heard this song a thousand and one times now, and it's still fresh. It's still good. So Fresh and So Clean is another one. Like, yeah. I've heard that song so many damn times, but it still works because of the music and the 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 wordplay between the two guys. And, yeah, it, it's, it's very hard to do, which is why I'm not surprised, you know, kind of looking back in retrospect and being an adult now that has had business partnerships or, you know, hobbies or things that I've worked with with other people that haven't lasted long and it's like oh yeah it would probably be pretty difficult to maintain this marriage between these two dudes who are friends but are so different from each other and you know then you throw success and money and all that into the mix for them to have lasted as long as they did is actually kind of amazing yeah go ask Simon and Garfunkel about that you know what I mean like Mm, this doesn't happen very often where you get people that can work together for a long period of time in this way and to say nothing of producing the caliber of work that they're producing which is I mean it was funny when Killer Mike showed up I immediately I wasn't looking at the playlist I was like that's Killer Mike because I you know I'm Mm. big run the jewels guy and I was like and I could I was listening to it I was like I was starting to see where because that's another duo that has done really really well him and lp have done really really well and i think for a lot of the same reasons actually and again i i'm no expert i can't speak to this but i just i listen to it and i can hear a lot of andre and killer mike versus the dichotomy Mm -hmm. of like lp and, and big boy and maybe i'm making that up in my head but it's like it's interesting because there is a through line there and he was on the record and he was on the, on the label, you know, it was him before, before there was run the jewels and stuff. So maybe there is, you know, a level of uh, influence there too, but I'm curious the influence that it had on you when you first listened to this record, because presumably you heard at the same time uh, we did and you were already more familiar or like everybody did back in the day, but you were more familiar with outcast at the time or was this new for you or how did you come to this record? No, I, I mean, I've been an Outkast uh, fan my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but as, as long as they've existed, uh, my fandom of them has existed as well. You know, I, I like I said, I liked Southern Playlistic Cadillac mu- music, but it just didn't like, it wasn't my favorite record in the world, but I like, there's something with those guys. I dig them. And, you know, again, being somebody who was born in Atlanta, seeing two dudes from Atlanta. Oh, this is hometown were, you for know, you. Okay. So while like everybody else in the videos, you know, they're wearing Lakers gear or Raiders gear or they're wearing Yankees gear or Knicks gear. These guys are coming out wearing Falcon stuff and Brave stuff and Hawk stuff at a time where nobody was really paying attention to the Atlanta Hawks. And so uh, like just that sound and those guys like representing Atlanta, that hooked me. My first year of college, one of the first things I bought with with uh, my money that I'd saved up from that summer when I went to the student well, it wasn't books, Brent Chittenden. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, supplies for the room. I went to the the music section of our college bookstore and paid. I, I paid way too, too much, much yeah. for the yep. CD, Brent Chittenden. Uh, but I paid like twenty five dollars uh, so that way I could have my own copy of Stankonia uh, <laughs> to, to play ad nauseum uh, at the dorm. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been a fan of those dudes for a minute. I feel like the way they can talk about subjects like, you know, you talked about Miss Jackson, you know, the, the dissolution of a relationship and, and how that can affect things. And I think as they grew, as Big Boy and Dre 
had relationships and fell out of relationships and had kids and matured, their music matured. Mm. And, you know, you you get to songs like uh, Spody Odie Dopalicious, <laughs> which is just a a track that I love because it's so weird in a good way from a hip hop group at that time. They're like, we're just going to, we're going to get this, this, this here uh, trumpet song and we're going to have you guys talk about a night at the club, but not a night at the club in the way the yin yang twins would talk about a night at the club or, uh, you know, the way that uh, uncle Luke and two live crew would talk about a night at the club. We're going to talk about a night at the club in Atlanta where everybody gets shot up. Spoiler alert, because there's a fight at the club. And we're going to talk about that. And then in the second half of that song, Big Boy is going to talk about wanting to go straight and, and becoming a better man because you've got a kid now and you've got responsibilities, but you can't get a job at the post office because you've got cloudy piss. And it's That's like a great line. The, the, the way like they again, like you said, like they're not super hardcore, but they are talking about a lot of day to day real life stuff. And I always love that about them, the way they can you know, make you bob your head, but also make you think at the same time. This was an incredible record to listen to driving for that reason, because it's got a great vibe. It's very funky. Like I was, I was again, I'm like, I cannot believe I slept on these guys. Cause like, it's really, it's really like a lot funkier, a lot groovier. Like it's good. Like I said, it's good to drive to you, get your arm out the window, kind of like it's got that vibe to it. But then I'm sitting there and I'm actively engaged in listening to these stories. Because they are stories. Like to your point, um, I was not expecting a story about a a fight at a at a club. You know what I mean? I I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. And then I got it, and I was like, I had to. Pay. The one thing I will say is I couldn't pay attention to the track listing because I was driving, so I couldn't see necessarily what song. But I, the minute you started describing the song, I was like, oh yeah, that one. That was so good. And <laughs> it's just it's a it's a wild experience to to come to this. As a one new of the person. crazy things about that song is it's. Like the, the, I guess the hook, because there's not really a hook to the song. It's just kind of two stories being told by both members. But you've got the damn, 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 James. <laughs> like the fact that they got their hook off of a line from Good Time. Like yeah. it's, it's so like, again, something. I, and I think, again, you know, not to uh, cast aspersions on uh, Mr. Uh, Benjamin or Mr. Patton. Uh, but I believe it's the kind of thing that you think about if you've probably been uh, under the influence of a substance one Maybe. night and you're like, you know what? You remember that episode on good time? Spoiler alert where James Evans dies and Florida's like, damn, damn, damn. We should put that in a song. And then to come back to that and put it in a song and make it work and make it work with the theme of, Hey, I was going to have a good time at this club. And a lot of people got stabbed and shot up. And then my buddy, was you know got this girl pregnant and now he's trying to do right but he can't get a good job so he's got to go back to selling drugs it's just this weird thing that just works and i don't know if it works if it's not handled by two guys as skillful as andre and big boy cuz there's a lot of moving parts on the, in in a lot of their songs the uh to that end too i i found it kind of interesting that a majority of Miss Jackson, which is like we now know is about Dre's relationship with uh, Erica Badu's mom more than anything else. It seemed really interesting that Big Boy does most of the the talking on a story that's not necessarily all his. And the other thing I thought about, like a lot of the music on this album is 
good chunks of it would not be out of, and that's probably part of the reason why it crossed over so well, would not be out of place on rock radio at mm. all. Like uh, bombs over Baghdad, like just that, just the music alone, you take the, the rapping out of it, that that's like on alternative stations at that period. No problem. Right. I, I think bombs over Baghdad might be one of my favorite outcast songs, despite the fact that it is one of their more, Famous songs mm. because it is like you've got so many genres in one one track. You've got the rock element, like you said. You've got hip hop, obviously. You've got funk. You've got gospel at one point in in the middle oh, of that yeah. song, uh, and it's just and they're the the RPMs that they are rhyming at on on that song is ridiculous and it's bombastic. Um, I was on another podcast about four or five years ago. Uh, my buddy uh, Jamie Robinson, uh, him and his co-host Bill Winters have a great show called Mr. Throwback Thursday, and it's two two white guys who are in their forties, uh, and they talk about their love for old school hip hop. And again, like like, don't let the premise fool you guys. I'm vouching for these guys that it's a great show. Uh, no, I just was like, uh, that sounds very familiar. Up until the all about hip hop part. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. Throwback Thursday, and they had a they had us uh, do like a I forget it was one of their anniversary episodes, either two years or three hundred episodes or something. And we were talking about you know our favorite moments in hip hop, favorite albums, favorite songs. And one of the questions that he asked us was, if you were to play a track for an alien who said, "What is hip hop?" To get him to understand hip hop, what would you play? And you had a lot of good answers like uh, Hypnotized by Big E or uh, <sighs> Boys in the Hood by N.W.A. or Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Uh, my choice was Bombs Over Baghdad because to me it's like this is everything hip hop can be. Mm. It's fun. It's crazy. It's loud. It's all these different genres. It's stuff that shouldn't work, but it does work, and it's completely hip hop. And, and so, yeah, B.O.B., is is one of my favorite songs. There's also a song, I can't remember if it was on this or not, but it's called Gasoline. And it's just the most straightforward kind of B-boy uh, tempo in terms of the rhymes, but it's got this killer guitar behind it the whole time. And it's like, it it feels like the best possible version of that, that weird era we were in, uh, Brent, where every... Rockstar tried to get a rapper on the track and yep. vice versa. Mm. And you had like <laughs> you had that Jay-Z Lincoln Park mashup. And it's like, I, I it's 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 not bad. It's not it's not what I want, but it's not bad. Uh that's how gasoline, like gasoline was like, that's a great implementation of both genres. And it and it worked. How do I put this? I really love the production of this album. Like just the the overall sound of it uh, for me for the the hip hop that I end up liking, it tends to be stuff that's really well produced and uh, music wise. I don't know if loud is the right term for it, but it's like uh, I I like these guys. I I really like um, Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels and and before Run the Jewels. I was a big fan of LP because I caught him on. I was awake one night and he was on Conan when he was it still was had his solo albums, 
And he performed a track on it. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Where has he been hiding? And and uh, this follows in the same sort of line, like different than those two those two entities. But it's very the production is very tight uh, when it needs to be, very loose when it needs to be, and just like well put together. And I think you know credit obviously to Andre and Big Boy, but also to their production team, the Dungeon Family. Uh, you know, uh, cats like Rico Wade, uh, you know, Sleepy Brown, who Sleepy Brown finally got his his star making moment. You know, he's had he was featured on other Outkast songs, but uh, the way you move on Speaker Box and Love Below, that was like the the Sleepy Brown showcase where he got to live his dreams of being an R&B front man for for one <laughs> one single. Oh, uh, shit. He wrote Waterfalls for TLC. Sleepy yes. Brown. Yes. Oh, god damn. Well, there's a guy who doesn't have to work ever again. Yep, Sleepy Brown, Rico Wade. Um, this is organized and noise. And then also, guys. yeah, organized noise. Uh, but also, you had the input from cats like Goody Mob hmm. and CeeLo and Cujo and Big Gip. And so I think that that's that's a really interesting. Like I tried to do a Goody Mob uh, playthrough, uh, for lack of a better word, a few months ago because somebody was like. Uh, I think Goody Mob has slept on. I went back and listened. I'm like, yeah, Goody Mob feels like there. It's it's disrespectful to say Goody Mob is outcast light, but they had an Im, impossible task being the next group out from Atlanta. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, like it, you never want to be the guy that has to follow the guy. You want you want there to be a buffer between you and that guy. So Goody Mob is great, but it's just like. Outcast and their production and, and just I think the intelligence with the way they promoted themselves, marketed themselves, uh, put out their albums. Like it's I think there is something to be said for their ambition and their imagination, uh, to the to the point where they they made a movie that that is yeah. is not is not good. <laughs> I love I love that movie. Like I it's 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 a noble failure. Like I love the movie, but it just it it didn't quite hit, but the fact that they tried it and were like, you know, like we can support this with our music. Yeah. And oh, Idle like, Wild. I don't think you get a lot of groups. Idle oh, Wild. Oh, I forgot I don't think about you get a lot Idle of groups Wild. that could do that. Yeah. yeah it, Them and the Beatles. Dre is um. Dre, it, it's interesting. Andre, like I liked him as an actor in the few things that I've seen him in. But unfortunately, some of the pro like he's really good in be in be cool. Yes, which good, is yeah. uh, you and I have reviewed on uh, one of your older shows, and that movie is not good either. <laughs> um, he has been in so a to, remarkable number of movies. I I knew that yeah, he was yeah, in he was stuff. Semi pro. He's got like a seeing him, seeing him I, now, like how he dresses in like the like he could definitely be like the wise man on top of a mountain in something in the near future. Yeah. Oh, well, it makes total sense that he played Jimi Hendrix in a Jimmy biopic yes. because boy, is he channeling that? Oh, fucking energy. That was again. another one where I was like, this is a part of the reason I like this guy so much. Cause I'm like, he has that hippie. Like you said, maybe it's the Erica Badu thing. Maybe that's yeah. where that came from. <laughs> and you ne you're never the and same. Again, good performance, bad movie. Oh, was it bad? Yeah, I didn't like see it. it. 
It's uh, it gets shot in the foot right out of the gate because the Hendrix estate wouldn't license any music. So oh, like well, any okay, well. any Jimi Hendrix movie music in it is like like you know loopholed. Like it's something that they don't actually own, kind of thing, or a cover or something like that. Oh, that. Other than that, yeah, like it, it got it got shot out of it, like to the point where when I heard that, I'm like, oh well, this movie's going to fall apart. Nope, they kept soldiering on through and made it anyway. <laughs> Points for effort, I guess. I would still watch yeah. it on the basis of it's him, frankly. Yeah, his performance is good. It's just yeah. again not a good movie. <laughs> um. To uh, sort of wrap up the the album discussion portion a little bit, Nate, off of this album, what three tracks would you recommend people listen to? Okay, and uh, uh, real quick, because I do want to give them credit for giving us a couple new songs on this. The new songs aren't as good as, I mean, they're good because they're outcasts, but they're not obviously as good as the rest of the, the material. But uh, it starts and ends with new songs. The first song is uh, uh, Funkin' Around, which is, which is you know, just kind of a fun, again, like a throwback. It, it feels like Bootsy Collins could show up at any time and not feel out of place <laughs> on, this, on that yeah. song. Uh, and then the second one is Movin' Cool, The After Party, which was also featured in Idlewild, uh, where Macy Gray was heckling the lady, like, how many times are you going to keep saying Movin' Cool? Uh <laughs> Uh, and and uh, so so those kind of bookend the the uh, album. But if, if I'm going my three favorite songs, or actually three essential, like here's what you need to listen to if you want to get into this. Uh, I would say, and it's gonna sound cliche, Brent, because I'm gonna give you a couple of the. Hey, the that, that's ones. all right. That's what we're here uh, talking about. Uh, but Rosa Parks, obviously, like that's a banger. Uh, I think I would put. Uh, B.O.B. Bombs Over Baghdad on there uh, and then it gets tricky because there's like there's songs like uh, Get Up Get Out which I think is really good and, and the fact that they made that song like when they were like 19 years old uh, is really cool to me you know when you got CeeLo on that track as well uh, before CeeLo went uh, Hollywood so to speak uh, but I guess like you can't go wrong with any of these. I guess I would go with Spodio de Dopalicious though. Just because I feel like if it's kind of the litmus test, Brent, if you listen to that, like if, if that's the only song I played for you, Alex, if you dig this, then you're easily gonna vibe with everything else. If you don't dig this, then you might not get on board. So I think those would be the three I'd pick. It's a tough question. It's kind of a trick question because we're like we're kind of circumventing the point of this record, which is exactly to frankly to listen to all of it because these are the seminal ones. These are the ones that you're supposed yeah. to listen to, right? Because they're all from different records. And I got to tell you, uh, I I really liked the new ones that were on here. I particularly mm. funkin' around. It sounded like G Love mm. and Special Sauce to me to some degree, and I was like, mm. I really like that vibe. That very sort of like this sounds like it's being played on a front porch out of a boombox in the summer. You know what I mean? Um, that was really mm. cool. And it, we'd be remiss to not to mention that the whole world um, won a Grammy for them in two thousand and three yes. as well. Yes. So like, and not I agree with you. That, it's not the strongest one on on the record. Although I do love the inclusion of killer Mike, but uh, 
I'm curious whether uh, whether you think it deserved that or not. Now that you mentioned that these are not the best ones on the record, do you st- do you think it was still better than everything else that came out that year? I mean, yeah, I, and that's the thing. Like, that's how good Outcast is because I forgot the whole world was on this one. Like, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking it was on an earlier record, but it's like, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, that song, that song was a monster. Like that. Not only was it again. We've got this video where we're in a carnival. We're in, we're in a circus tent, and uh, you know Andre, of course, is just being extra as as the ringmaster. Big boy is like the money man behind the scenes. Uh, he's got a little person that's like hanging out with him, <laughs> and then you've got Killer Mike as the strong man, and like again, it's silly, it's goofy, but Big Boy hits you with a line about you know. Uh, uh, I don't listen to the news or the radio either, only if I need to know the sports or the weather. Uh, and he's talking about, you know, this is for the guys that got laid off. Uh, and, and so I feel like there is uh, there's a groundedness to all of this silliness. Like, I feel if the silliness didn't have roots or grounding in real life, then it might not work. And it might be, you know, kind of not to disparage them, but it would kind of be like a modern-day fat boy. We're like, hey, let's let's talk about eating burgers because we're fat. <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's like, no, like there's more, there's a lot of there's a lot of cake beneath that frosting that yep. Outcast gives you, and Killer Mike's verse on that is phenomenal, and it it, it really launched his career because everybody's like, who is that guy? Uh, you know, catch a beat running like Randy Moss, still one of the best bars uh, on that song. So. I feel like, yeah, the whole world, I, I can't remember what it was up against that year, but it certainly deserved to be in the conversation. I have the list. And the music is catchy as shit. It is. <laughs> because yes. uh, but I, when it got to that track, I'm like, oh, this is going to kind of get old fast or something. And then Killer Mike's verse comes on. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, eh, I think it might be my least favorite song on then, like all throughout, like the last two days, whenever like there's a quiet moment, jeez, they they made what Alvin earworm in there. I'll be honest with you, I don't know any of the other songs. Uh, the ones that they were up against very quickly, just because it was brought up: AZ, Nas, The Essence, uh, Big Timers, Still Fly, uh, Buster Rhyme, Still Fly was Still Fly. Hit. I Still think Fly I might remember hit. Buster Rhymes featuring P Diddy and Pharrell. Got a quarter tank of gas in my new E class. Oh, maybe I do remember that <laughs> that's one. That's all right, cause I'm still fly. Okay, that one I do remember. Okay, fair enough. This that one, that and I think hit. the Busta one I remember too. It was Busta with P Diddy and Pharrell past the Curvosier part two. Yeah, that was the video they had with uh, Mr. T. Right, 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 right. And then uh, what was the last one? Oh, Cameron and Jules Santana for Oh Boy. That one I for sure I don't remember. That's, nope. that's a good song, but I, I think out of out of those songs, I would either say Still Fly or The Whole World. And to me, The Whole World gets denied because Still Fly is fun, but The Whole World is fun, but also talking about real-life stuff in the midst of the fun. And we get Killer Mike. Yeah. <laughs> the world gets Killer Mike out of the deal, too, which is okay by me. Uh, so it sounds like at some point we have to do at least two more parts on Outcast and then three or four episodes on Run the Jewels. <laughs> so what's your schedule look like for the next three years, Nate? Years. <laughs> long-term, long-term booking, job security. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I hope Brent didn't tell uh, you we're paying you, my friend. <laughs> Brent explicitly told me that I was going to be paid in... in Fabulous Canadian loonies in my appearance tonight. <laughs> Tens of them, I assure you. <laughs> Tens of them. 
All right. So to, to, to wind things up, Nate, we're doing what we call the lightning round. This is a uh, kind of top of mind music question thing based in part on if you've ever seen Inside the Actor Studio, the, the last yes. sort of like questionnaire he does at the end. It's sort of inspired by that. So are, are you ready to, to have your mind probed for musical goodness? I, I, I am ready, Mr. Lipton. All right. R.I.P. Uh, Nate, what's the first album you remember listening to from start to finish? Ooh, first album I remember listening to from start to finish, Bobby Brown's Don't Be Cruel. Ooh, Ooh. very nice. Okay. My Prerogative, Every Little Step, Tenderoni, like, that was a, that was a damn hit. That's a really good Uh, poll. Number two, what's a song you can never get tired of? Ooh, I'll stick with New Edition. And on this, uh, New Edition, If It Isn't Love. Very nice. Like it's just, I could just be hearing it, and like they they did New Year's Eve uh, in 2022, and these new edition is like 55 years old. They started singing "If It Isn't Love," and I'm a grown man at my house, Brent Chittenden, and I'm still doing like the new edition, <laughs> the choreography to the music video because it just struck a nerve with 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 my inner youth. That's awesome. All right, what is a song you can do without hearing ever again? <laughs> oh man, there, there's a lot of them, uh, especially when you got a lot of this new. Now, now I'm now I'm sounding like an old man, Brent. You got a lot of this new rap out here. These these kids these days. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to upset a lot of people here, Alex. This might this might get you and Brent in some hot okay. water. You're the one the saying rock. it, not us. I'm saying this with uh, the expressed approval and consent of uh, Brent Chittenden. <laughs> Uh, and Alex here, I'm saying this with their blessing. Uh, the the song I never need to hear again for the rest of my life, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, Sick that's of fair. it. Sick of it. That's fair. That's fair. That lady, that, that lady gets a lot of shit for a lot of things that are not her fault, but that one, that one she can own. <laughs> All right, number four. Uh, what Name an artist or a band everybody else seems to like, but you do not understand what the appeal. <laughs> that's that's actually a good one. Um, again, not not to go at these young kids out here, but it's like there's so and I, and that might be too easy of an answer because like Ice Spice and Lil Yachty and Lil mm-hmm. Uzi Vert and all these young young Dirk. Like I'm, I think maybe I just aged yeah. out of that 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 version of hip hop. Uh, but if I was gonna go somebody else other than those boys than those uh, groups. I would say this is tough because even a broken clock is right twice it's true. a day. Uh, so, so a lot of bad band, uh, bands that I don't like have had songs that make me tap my toes. Uh, but I would say I never need to hear. Is is that the question? I never need to hear this. Oh no, a band that everybody else likes. Yeah, but, but you I don't. Can, you don't understand why. That I don't understand why. And, part, and I know this is the longest lightning round you've ever had, but part of this, Brent, is, like, you know, Brent, I'm a very rational and nuanced man, so even if I don't like something, I can understand why you like it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess for somebody who has unexplained success in this world of, of, of music that I cannot understand, mm, I'm going to take a shot at, at one of uh, your Canadian brethren. Okay. 
Oh. Uh, and just say it, even though I probably can. I, like, I, I'm sure I can explain why why this guy's popular. Uh, but I've never been into Drake. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's your, uh, that's your I, I guy. No, no, no. I'm with you, man, because I hadn't heard Drake. I, honest to God, when I realized who Drake was, my 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 wife pointed at us. She's like, oh, this is Drake. And I was like, oh, this is the Uber rapper. Because the only fucking time I hear Drake is in the is in the, the store or in mm. or in an Uber. And in both situations, I'm like, really? Again, it's not bad. It's just like, that's it, huh? That's what everybody's jumping up and down about. Yeah. This isn't that good. It's not that bad, but it's not great. Yeah. I like Drake. I like Drake on on posse cuts, Brent. Like uh forever. The forever song with Eminem, Lil oh, okay. Wayne, Kanye. Like when he's in with a group of people, I think his flow is, is unique and adds something. But when it's just like listening to a Drake album from start to finish, which I've done once and never done again, <laughs> it's just like it's it's just not for me. You know, not to say it's not for anybody else. It's just not for me. That's a Fair good enough. call. Uh, to go into like a little bit more of the, the positive side, uh, name an artist or band that you feel deserves more attention. Ooh, ooh. Can be old or new, doesn't matter which way. Yeah, yeah. So I mentioned, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one old and one current. Uh, I guess the old one is kind of current, but I really haven't listened to their latest thing. So maybe I'm not the best advocate for them on this. Uh, but Dave Matthews Band. Really? Okay. I love, I Dave Matthews Band is a band that gets a lot of crap, but I like Dave Matthews a lot. And part of that is growing up in Virginia, uh, you know, which is where they're from. And just seeing, like, I, I remember uh, my buddy, you know, when I, again, this is another tangent. When I was in a Christian rock band <laughs> once upon a time, Brent knows, uh, one of my buddies got like the Dave Matthews listener supported DVD where they did the live show in DC and just watching them and watching this band that was at the time, like very multicultural, right? Like it was That's true. You yeah. Know, you had like black dudes, white dudes, South African dudes. Like it was just like, and the music, the, the music was so good. I, I just love Dave Matthews. And like, like still to this day, you could put on some Dave Matthews and I'm going to, I'm going to tap my toe, Brent. Uh, but then the artist I mentioned earlier that I think is phenomenal and most people uh, don't give her the credit she deserves is Janelle Monet. I think Janelle Monet is fantastic. Uh, that's that's another good album I could talk about on a future episode. The uh, <laughs> Arc Android album she did, where uh, you know that was kind of the first time I heard her outside of being on Big Boy's label for two minutes because that's how long. Big Boy's label lasted, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Janelle Monae can sing, can dance, can act, can rap. Like, I love Janelle Monae. Okay, cool. I'm putting her on the list. I am, have no familiarity with her at all, so. But you have sold me on everything else, so I'm into it 100%. <laughs> um, she's, she's kind of like Prince. Like, if Prince and Andre 3000 had a daughter, I know that's not how science works. It could works, be with Prince. If, Prince and Andre if it could happen with anybody, it would daughter. happen with Prince. <laughs> Um, that's Janelle Monet. Yeah, okay, that's that's a really good call. Um, tell us a band or an artist that people might be surprised that you listen to. You already said Dave Matthews, so you already shocked yeah, I was me. Gonna say, I, I yeah, so saved I was going to say. Yeah, so you may Matthews. have answered that already. Yeah, I should have saved Dave Matthews from <laughs> my back pocket. Because uh, I still have friends to this day that are like, I didn't, I didn't know you listened to Dave Matthews. It's like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like an onion. As many layers, Brent Shittenden. <laughs> um, but I guess 
this one shouldn't be surprising, um, but you know, because they're one of the greatest bands ever in history. Uh, but I think maybe somebody would be like, I didn't picture Nate as a fan of theirs. Uh, the Beatles, like, love the Beatles, man. Like the old stuff, the the stuff. Uh, I guess all of it's technically old stuff. I know uh, what you like, mean, though. Like the like, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff is not is yes, not Maxwell like, Silver Hammer. There's a different, yeah. Yes. Like, like they put out that damn song last year, like that they they oh, the final one remastered yeah, yeah, yeah. or redis- yeah yes the the final Beatles song, and I'm like I know they just like snipped and cut and paste this thing six ways till Sunday, but it's it's a Beatles song and I kind of dig it. Yeah, they swept that off the cutting room floor and pieced it together for sure. <laughs> but I was impressed, if nothing I, else, uh, by the effort. Like I was like, man, that's cool, kind of yes. you know, like whether what do you ever you think of the song? It's kind of a neat way of putting it together. Yeah, I I saw there's like a little documentary on it on uh, YouTube that like explains how they got it. Uh, It's really fascinating how they put it together, but also, again, cynical uh, marketing person in me. It was also really amazing how um, they kept referring it to as machine learning, which is another term for AI. (laughs) And they're just because of the bad connotations AI has in terms of art and rightfully so in a lot of ways but like it's them tiptoeing around that with just like we'll use a different term for this on a whole Alrighty, uh second last question which artist or band living or dead have you not gotten a chance to see live but would love to have seen perform Oof, i'm going to completely disregard the the I mean, I've been doing disregarding the premise of this lightning round. Your lightning round can't contain me, Alex. <laughs> it's uh, like it's like I'm we're a, trying to catch it in a bottle or something. Yes, yes. It's like uh, I'll give you my top five. So I've already said Dave Matthews. Just okay. seeing them live, like they they play at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater every summer, and for like the last ten summers, I've been like, this is going to be the year, and it's never the year. Aww. So what? One of these days, I want to catch them uh, before they're I'm great gone, life. or before they're gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Dave Matthews Band, Outkast, obviously. Like I remember when they did the Coachella uh, performance uh, a few years back, just watching it live and just like, damn, like they they still got it. And so I don't want I'd want to see Outkast, uh, Prince, obviously. Uh, That's one of my big regrets, actually, because I had heard he that um, era where he was doing like those quick, like like quickly announced shows. Like, yeah. it's like, tickets are on sale now, the show is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and he did one in Toronto, and I, like, I had to work, and I was paying rent and stuff, and it was just like, I can't go. <laughs> and mm. and that was, like, the last tour he really did that hit, like, Toronto area, so uh, I'm up there with you. So, Dave Matthews, Outcast, Prince, New Edition, because I, I still love uh, New Edition, with all the members, like, I went to... Uh, Bush Gardens uh, down here in Virginia one year because New Edition was performing. And I was like, oh, man, I'm finally going to get to see Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, and Johnny. And when I got there, because if you know about New Edition's history, it's hard, again, lightning in a bottle, to keep all six members on the same page at the same time. I got there. It was Ralph Tresvant and two members of Belle Biv DeVoe <laughs> who were not Michael Bivens. And I'm like, this, this isn't what I wanted, Bush Gardens. I feel... I feel like you sold me a bill of goods. This ain't new edition. Um, oh, that's funny. And then finally, uh, finally, you know, because we get, we got to get some female representation up in here, uh, but also because she's phenomenal and like just 
seeing her like at her peak in the nineties. Like that would have been amazing. Janet Jackson. Ooh. Oh, Janet yeah. used to kill it. That's a good call. Uh, like during like Rhythm Nation or after yes, that, like Rhythm Nation era Janet Jackson. Yeah, I, a, a mutual friend of both of ours, uh, Bruce Lord, on his podcast. Mm. They had an episode where uh, they were discussing, like, they had this sort of like this, like a lightning round from their listeners of what is industrial and what is not industrial. And somebody threw out Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation and Bruce's co-host was like, fuck yeah, that's industrial. Listen to the the, the noise to that one. It's yeah. awesome. So, so you... I'm I'm down for that. So you kind of answered the last question in a roundabout way already. Um, if alien life exists, which mm. uh, your government and ours is obliquely telling us that yes, indeed it does. Uh, which album would you give them that shows Earth is worth not paving over and for a hyperspace bypass? You know. Mm. Now this is where I think you know, unlike uh, I did tonight, fellas. This is where I think I got to pull out the big guns and break out. Speaker box, love below the double album nice. by Andre and Big Boy. Uh, it's either that or Trouble Man, which, as as Steve Rogers learned, oh. like it perfectly encapsulates the black experience. Uh, Baron Zemo, you can't say that. You're not wrong, but you can't say that. You're out of line. Uh, but I think like like Trouble Man or or Speaker Box, love below because I feel like when you look at that album as opposed to maybe Equimini and Stankonia. Speaker box love below is like the perfect union that just doesn't quite fit because of where the guys are at, at that stage of their lives. But they're still like big boys still on a couple of Andre's tracks and vice versa. And it's just this journey that I think like the alien after, after hearing, uh, I know you like to thank your shit don't stank, but lean a <laughs> little bit closer. Roses really smell like boo boo. I think the aliens would be like, you know what? Earth is not so bad. There's, there's, rede- there's rede- redeemable life here on this planet. I'm into that. That's that's a, that's that, as good. That's a good an argument those as are I've great heard. Great albums. Uh, I'm I'm down with that. All right, Brent. This brings us to the end of our program. Nate, I thank yes, you so does. much for taking time out of what I understand is an extremely busy schedule to come and educate us about Outcast. I am so personally grateful, and this is not like a show thing. This is honest to God. I am going to listen to this record nonstop for the next three or four days. I'm really, really happy that I got a chance to listen to this, and I, I probably never would have picked it up otherwise, so thank you very much for that, too. That's that's really cool to hear, Alex. Like, I, It's funny, because like, I, in my immediate kind of circle of friends, like, Everybody knows Outkast. Like even even like the the younger people that I work with, like in their twenties, like they all know Outkast. But to to kind of uh, take somebody on their maiden voyage, and this is really it <laughs> through this group and this yeah, music like I, is it's, pretty was, cool. It's been so cool, and it's like it's such a great. I'm looking forward to going back into the earlier records after this and finding out more because uh, yeah, this really blew my mind in a great way. And it it's so funny because you know. Uh, kind of like, you know, bringing it all full circle. One of the things you mentioned was Outcast is accessible. I can't tell you the number of introductions to white friends I have had over the years because of an Outcast song. Really? Like I had a r- roommate in my dorm when I was in college. Not, well, he wasn't my roommate. He lived down the hall. Uh, and he would hear me playing Outcast. Uh, it was either that Stankonia that I bought for $25, which was way overpriced, uh, <laughs> or it was, you know, my copy of AT Alien. 
And he would come down and he's like, are you playing that Outcast again, man? They, they got that song, Get Pissed Enough to Miss the Bus. And I'm like, first of all, the song is not called Get Pissed Enough to Miss the Bus. It's a spoken word segment on AT Aliens by Big Rube where one of the phrases he says is get pissed enough to miss the bus, alluding to being so frustrated with your life that you can't even go to work. Uh, and, and so just kind of bonding over Outcast. then. I had a guy at a church I went to, and he's just like, oh, man, can I, can I borrow your uh, copy of uh, Stankonia? Because I love Miss Jackson and So Fresh and So Clean. And I let him borrow my copy of Stankonia. And then <laughs> he comes back, and we talked for like an hour about Outcasts. And, and I've had two or three other occasions where Outcast is not only universal, uh, but it's just kind of this thing where once I think once you hear it, you're like, okay, like it doesn't matter race, religion, area that you grew up in, economic circumstances. Uh, I think Outcast is for everybody. And as Big Boy would tell you, Outcast is everlasting because you put some of those songs on the radio today, like if they just dropped today, I think you'd have a couple hits oh, yeah. there. It would be just as uh, fresh and clean, so to speak, as it was. Oh, uh, I know. Ah, well, but- the student has become the teacher. <laughs> But it's true, man. Like this is this is going to resonate with me for a long time. So thank you so much, and thank you again for taking the time to come hang out with us. Do you have places that our people can find your people? Oh, I, I Brent knows. I've got so many places where people can find me. Uh, and again, thank you both uh, for having me. This was fun, Brent. Thank you for the for the invite. And Alex, it was good uh, catching up with you, man. Likewise, man. Um, there's a multitude of places where people can find me in terms of. Uh, podcasting, uh, and I will lead you to the first place because it it might be the most important place, Brent, because uh, it's the place that 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 pays me, <laughs> unlike this outfit here. Uh, and so, uh, speaking of payment, Patreon, uh, Brent and Alex have Patreon. Support these guys and what they're doing. But while you're there, just cross the street and check out the Kings of Sport Patreon. Over 300 hours of audio, video, talking about sports, politics, pop culture, pro wrestling, music. We've got MCU reviews up there. Uh, It's a lot of good stuff. A lot of hardworking people uh, trying to kind of take it to the next level this year. Myself, Chris from L.A., Chris Ely, uh, Andrew Thompson, uh, Ray Williams, Chinyere Okafor, Marcus Vandenberg. We're bringing other people in. We've got a couple show ideas that we're trying to put out this year because – I am so busy at my day job, but we want to put content out there for folks that comes from a different perspective on all of this stuff that we're all watching and consuming uh, as, as uh, viewers of content. And so if you support the Kings of Sport, that helps us do our job better. Uh, five bucks gets you in the door. If you want to pay more, we won't stop you. It, it is a free country. Uh, uh, in, a, in addition to that, uh, we've got Brent's favorite show, the show that he has memorized the name to. Uh, multiple of times, uh, the lituation room <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, this is not last time you're hearing about over. this, man. I'm, 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 this is going. Oh, the probably not. Now. Yes. No, no, never Brent. I, you will never, I will never forget this Brent. This, this site <laughs> against me, sir. Uh, but the lituation room, it's myself, Vanessa shark, Brittany Monet and Clement Bryant, uh, four black nerds talking about pop culture and geeky stuff from our perspective. Uh, it's, a monthly show that kind of turned into a bi-monthly show because of the strike. Uh, and now that the strike in Hollywood is over, uh, you know, the multiple strikes, you know, the two strikes and we were out. Uh, but uh, we're, we're back. So we hope everybody checks that out. And then the final place I will direct you to is a place that Brent 
is familiar with. Uh, Post Wrestling is where you can find both the Nubian Wrestling Advocates and the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. Uh, Nubian Wrestling Advocates talking about wrestling from a black perspective. And then there's a theme here with a lot of these shows, guys, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, and then Rocky Maya Via Picture Show is, of course, dedicated to the greatest wrestler turned thespian the world has ever seen. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Brent's been on. Uh, Jen's been on. Shout out to Jen Chittenden, the top ranked Chittenden pound for pound in the world. Uh, a lot of good people have been on the show. So hope you check it out for everything else in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic. Uh, follow me. I'd appreciate it. And again, support what Brent and Alex are doing. Support us. Support, support your faves because that's the way that uh, we can do more of the stuff that you like. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. It's like you do this professionally or something like that. Mm. Brent. Best podcaster who needs to be on regular broadcasting. I've said Hell it for yeah. years, and uh, that that's a clear example. I don't know the first goddamn uh, thing about wrestling uh, or most sports, but I would listen to you talk about it. I love listening to your voice. <laughs> I would, I'm actually going to check some of this out for on that basis. Brent. You have places outside of here because this is on my Patreon too. So tell them where you they can find you if they yep. don't already know somehow. TrueNorthNerds.com and Patreon.com slash TrueNorthNerds is where you can uh, find me and uh, my nerdiness along with my uh, my other friends. Nate's been on a couple episodes. Alex has been on a couple episodes. Uh, the Patreon's three bucks. It gets you in the door. Uh, this show regularly appears as part of that feed exclusively. Uh, this episode, I believe we decided we were making this one free. Oh, right? yeah. This one goes up. Anything that we do with uh, with guests goes does not go behind a paywall because it defeats the purpose of yeah. being able to cross-promote with other creators and all those good things. So, no, this will be... If you're listening to this, this is free and uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> regardless yeah. this is this is up in two different places so depending on where you are uh welcome all the same yep so uh those are the best places to find me and alex where can my people find uh, you? i do this show called composers the movie score podcast where we talk about film scores and the films that are in you can find all of our stuff at composerspod.com we have abandoned most social media because twitter is a fucking hellfire scape and uh paid facebook is for old racist people so um you can find us on instagram still <laughs> at composers pod and otherwise if you really want to get in touch with us email us at composerspodcast at gmail.com that's the most likely place to get us these days um and that's where you can find oh yeah the patreon.com slash composers pod which is potentially where you are now and that's uh, all of the specials and the retros and the satellite shows like kruger records and this one and computers the video game podcast a bunch of other stuff that we do when we feel like it. it's three bucks a month uh, it could be three bucks for a month. If you could do it in a month, and if you did that, wouldn't that make you a clever consumer? And I, we would be very happy if you did that. But for those of you that are here that are continuing to support us, thank you so much, and we continue to appreciate you. And thank you so much once again, Nate, for joining us tonight. And thank you so much for your time and your expertise and this wonderful music that you've given us. Uh, I can uh, say no other thing after that, Alex, except who do you? All right, guys, that's it for us. Like the lady said, if you ever get lonely, go to the record store and visit your friends. And if you don't know what you want to hear, Brent, what do they listen to? Listen to this. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah,